Warning, this podcast contains graphic language that might not be suitable for all listeners. Also, a quick note here at the top, we changed our rating system from 1 to 3 to 1 to 5. Now on with the show. To the second episode of Watch, Read, Listen, Feed. I am Dave Hopper, the producer of the Academic Minute here at WAMC, and I am joined by Louise Hendry of Down in Denver Books in Steventown, New York. Jamel Mosley of Collective Effort and Melly Media. Deanna Fox, and I'm a food journalist. And we go around and watch, read, listen, and feed every month, and we'd love for you to join us. From now on, if you want to join in, you can email your opinions of all our choices at wrlf at wamc.org. And because it's a long podcast, we're going to get right into it. And today we're going to discuss the film Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which Louise recommended, the novel A Sport and a Pastime by James Salter that Deanna picked, the album Aventine by Agnes LaBelle that I picked, and we all made something with scotch bonnet peppers, and we'll all probably be crying by the end of the show, or just <laughs> me. So first up is Watch, and Louise, tell us about the film you had us watch for this month. Okay. Um, in high school, so this is the early 2000s, I was obsessed with Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Hedvig, it was an off-Broadway show by John Cameron Mitchell, and it is about a transsexual rock star trying to make her mark in America, and her protege pretty much steals her material, and she is trying to expose him for, you know, stealing his her music. And I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of different themes in here, but I just loved it so much in high school. Like, this was my, you know, um, millennial Rocky Horror Picture Show. It won Mm. a lot of awards critically. It didn't do very well at the box office. But this is, like, a film that I watch continuously all the time. Like, I listen to the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack playing in my bookstore all the time. I just think it's beautifully written, I don't know, rock opera. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's just very touching. And I wanted to share it with you guys because for me, this was like my high school film. Like this was every like Friday, me and my friends would get into our car and like, you know, blast, you know, a few of the songs at the, the highest volume possible because it was just like a film that we just felt like touched on about like being an outsider and just trying to get recognition for doing you know your art and being a great person okay so Jamal your thoughts I was in between uh like I said in the first episode it's really hard for me to not like a film um did your girlfriend like it (laughs) I know that she told you with the last film let's turn it off she didn't really uh watch it this time 
I put on a piece of it um, and that she watched, sorry. Um, and she was just like, wow, they're, they're really opening up your world with <laughs> all the stuff you're watching. I'm like, yeah, it was good. Um, the thing I really like, first off, I'm not like a really big fan of musicals uh, oh, for some okay. reason. Um, I feel like musicals are almost, it's almost like bowling for me. Where it's like, <laughs> it's, okay. it's like you don't. It's like you don't ever want to go bowling, but when you go bowling, you're like, all right, I had a decent time, you know. <laughs> like that's how I feel about musicals. So I was very impressed by the form of the film and like how it was just kind of switching the form. You know, it went into animation, and then it kind of went into um, what was it? Like those first person views were really cool. Yeah. Um, and there so was some, it, it turned sketches. into a sing-along at one point, and I was like, wow, that was really cool. But And I really liked the intelligence of the writing and, and how it just kind of flowed really nicely into um, into the singing. Um, what else? So that's the reason why I like things like, um, if has anybody watched Master of None? Uh, the Z's oh, Ansari. This. Yeah, no, I haven't so watched that. So the second season of that, they play a, a lot around with uh, form. So one of the episodes is done completely like a silent film you know and it's still comedy and it's still like drama and it's, it's yeah, just I know the great episode that you're talking about yeah yeah um yeah i would give it a three did you have a favorite song <laughs> did you start like humming or singing along to hmm. anything i thought the the hansel song in the beginning was it well towards the beginning was pretty cool um, I just like that whole segment and how they did it. Mm. The gummy Sugar bear. Sugar daddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it was just, what... It I was, just flowed really nice. What I was thinking after the movie is like, I'll never look at gummy bears the same <laughs> way again. <laughs> yeah, I want those humongous gummy bears. Yeah, yeah. I did want Where them. Where did we get Because they're big and they're flat. And it's just... Yeah. I want one. <laughs> so I, I really liked the movie. I The thing I liked most about the movie is just the person who played Hedvig because he was amazing. I was so like enraptured by his performance. And, and he wrote and direct like right. he, it was his oh, project wow. so you could like yeah. and that's also, what I love so much yeah. about it. Yeah, probably one of the most beautiful humans like I've ever seen. Like just physically a stunning person. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very like gender bending like women dress as men, men who are women. It was all over the place. You had to kind of like pause it. I had to pause it for a minute and be like trying to understand the layers of everything and yeah. all the complexities. So that that was like, it's hard to watch a movie like that and just be entertained because there's so much like context and subtext to it. Um, but I, I really I really liked the movie a lot. But the thing I liked most was just uh, John Cameron Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Just an amazing performer and gave so much. When he would just stand on the stage or stand on the stage and he would like give his little like monologue before he would go into performing a song. It was just like deadpan, but also super emotional. And it was just such a great great performance you could tell that it was his like passion project and he loved this little baby that's what i yeah. love that it was just so much so like yeah the i think the point that you're talking about yeah. is when he's like i gave a lot of jobs most of them yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you know he's sitting yeah. in like uh you know yeah. hillbilly country in a like yeah. a dump lot right. talking to all these other like you know these youth that have no idea where they're going to go in life, yeah. but they yeah. just, you know, yeah. attach themselves to Hedvig and they're just like, okay, maybe your Hedvig, you know, her issues are primarily like uh, sexual and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, gender based. 
but that everybody's just like, oh, well, I'm a little, you right. know, I'm a little awkward. I'm a little this. I'm a little that. And there's something, right, there's something that everybody can relate to. Like, what I related to is being a writer and watching a writer who is more prominent, more famous, whatever, and getting awful, like, writer jealousy and being like, that was my story <laughs> idea. Yeah. And that was yeah. mine. And how dare you, like, now go and take that and do whatever. And so I totally got it. But... Um, it was just it was just a, a fun movie, but yeah, the the whole gummy bear thing, I just can't even <laughs> like. Anytime I see some sort of squishy, soft, sugary thing, I'm just like, oh man, Hedvig, <laughs> Hedvig in in the house. So, yeah. I really like the uh, performing in front of the salad bar. Oh, yeah. and Bilge Waters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is not something I've seen before. I would say. Yeah. It's going a car wash, baby. <laughs> <laughs> going into a whole you know rock and roll show in like a. I don't know what you would a call sizzler. it. Sizzler. That's what yeah, I mean. Yeah, right. Sizzler, that was yeah. the thing. All of the the places where he performed, they were the the whole band performed. It was um, so like, when does a band ever actually perform there? <laughs> yeah. 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 And were like the were they actors in the crowd? I wish I knew, or just like regular people who just happened to be there and were just like. I don't know because it was an indie. It could be a little bit of both, you know. Mm. Yeah. It could, it could right. go either way, like. What I wanted to point out is, uh, Deanna, you were talking about the gender bend in roles. Mm -hmm. uh, Miriam Shore played Yitzhak, which is right. uh, Hedvig's husband. But that was actually played by a female. Okay. And right, 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 right. She's, yeah. I, I'm not sure which show she's been nominated for, but she's like a big Broadway star. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it was constantly about like, you know, right. about like, what is your perception of right. beauty? What is your perception of like gender? Mm -hmm. But what I love just so much about it is I just thought the songs were so catchy and mm -hmm. just so like, I just love them. Like the origin of love, which is right. the story oh, where yeah. they're, you know, he talks about, you know, uh, the Greek ideal that, you know, there actually were three sexes, you know, right. and mm -hmm. there was the homosexual sex, there was the lesbian sex, and there was mm -hmm. the... Uh, heterosexual mm -hmm. like identities and it's beautifully animated out in this you know gorgeous like song and I just I, I actually know a lot of people from art school that got those tattoos from yeah. that animated <laughs> yeah. from that animated piece of like that song that's just about like trying to find the one person that makes you complete and they might look like you they might not look like you or you know you might be the same sex or you might not be the same sex, but I just thought it was, you know, mm -hmm. beautiful storytelling. And way before, like, I feel like now the whole transgender. Yeah, the, I feel language, like if this came so out today, it might make a lot more money yeah. than it did if yeah. it came, you know, when it came out 15 yeah, plus sort of years ago. Time. Right. It was so progressive. And even though, it, I mean, 15 years ago in retrospect isn't that much time. But when you think about where the world is now versus three presidential administrations ago like mm -hmm. very different you know so it was interesting in that way i thought the story was very tight it was you know it was like an hour and a half mm -hmm. uh, i wish they had spent more time on yitzhak and hedvig's relationship prior to what we're watching yeah like yeah. i didn't know they were husband and husband yeah that wife, did seem wife, like husband, husband, it had been edited out mm -hmm. yeah i thought they should have left that in because I mean, it's alluded to, obviously, especially right at the beginning. Um, but I, you, I feel like you had to watch the show to sort of get that. Not as much just watch the movie. I right. thought there was like a little bit of prior knowledge needed at that point. Um, I also didn't know it was a woman playing the <laughs> attack until afterwards. That was surprising to me. 
Uh, but I also did like like Jamel said with the form of being a little different. I enjoy that where it's not just straight uh, linear storytelling or not it going flipping to animation and coming back mm -hmm. and you know Hedwig telling her story the way that it was told. That was also interesting. I also it did enjoy the music a lot. Um, you asked if I had seen this when we were talking about the podcast the first time, and you said the music was great, so I was definitely expecting that, and it definitely didn't let me down in that category. Yeah, yeah the music was really good. Like, shockingly, I you know, sometimes you go through musicals and they're a little campy, unless it's like, mm. you know, Stephen Sondheim or something, where these songs become so ingrained into the American mm. cultural landscape. Um, but the songs were actually like really good. I was so surprised at how uh, the musicality of them and the lyricism. It, I was pretty shocked that that was that good. Mm. But yeah, I, what I loved, like I remember when I was in eighth grade going to Anne Frank the musical. Oh, so depressing. And, oh my God. Yeah. You were like, why are these people singing? Yeah. Like, <laughs> there is like imminent disaster like happening. And why are they, you know, yay, I'm up in the attic, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, I, I hate it when, you know, they try and create music to go with, you yeah. know, um, a storyline. And I felt like this was just such a natural combination that it was mm -hmm. like, well, this is how they tell stories. This is how Hedwig tell stories. Mm -hmm. It's through music, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. it didn't feel forced. Right. Because instead of it being like, on the script, insert song. It was yeah. like, no, the song is the script. Right. I'm with Jamal not being a fan of musicals for the most part, even though I love La La Land. Mm -hmm. But still haven't seen that. It's really good. If even yeah, I'm not patently not a music musicals guy, but I love that. And it's not. It doesn't have as much music as this one. I don't think. I mean, La La Land's a lot of acting. La La Land was like music. a traditional musical where everything yeah. is intertwined, and this was like. I'm going to take my music as a rock star and that's the centerpiece and then my story's around it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I thought both work in like, if they avoid that, like, we're going to, like you were saying, yeah. here's a song and dance for no absolute okay. reason. Okay, insert. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah. We're like there's, you know, 10 minutes, we need a song. Yeah, yeah. and that's like, um, White Christmas is like that as an, an example. Like, Don't, don't, uh, <gasps> <there's> <laughs> what? <just laughs> It is. Don't There's you be like talking bad about Bing? I know. But <laughs> you don't know Bing. <laughs> you don't know Bing from Microsoft. No. Flips the table, storms. <laughs> but it's true. There's like there's those whole dancing scenes that you're just kinda like, Well, we're watching a dancing scene. Right, right. In most traditional <laughs> musicals it's like they're also musical performers who happen to be in this other storyline. Right? Yes. So it makes sense that they can get like people who are fantastic dancers to like just also do these dance numbers because they are also what they are in real life in the movie. Right. So it's like very forced. Yes. And this was not that. It was like. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it this was very I different. Could, and also with the being rock music, that helped me enjoy it more than like musical music where it, there's a, a way to a sing jingle. musicals that kind of bothers me. It's like <laughs> I don't like the talky singing that like some indie bands do where the guy doesn't sound like he's singing. He's kind of like talking. Um, like, oh, who's that band that's here that does? I forget. But a lot of musicals, they don't follow like a normal, you hear a rock song, they sing sort of in the same cadence. It varies from singer to singer, but there's a way to sing a rock song. And musicals, they kind of go up and down and talk <laughs> and huh, and I'm just <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but with the, the rock songs coming in and uh, the way they film, almost, almost like they went into a music video in the middle of the, mm -hmm. the film. I enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It was cool that you can't do that in a Broadway show, but you can do that. The the whole, um, you know, the animation and, and that kind of thing. You can't do that in a Broadway show the same way you can do in a movie. So that was cool how they kind of translated it from Broadway. I, would, I wish I had seen the uh, yeah. Broadway show because after the film came out, it did go right. to Broadway. And uh, Neil Patrick Harris right. and Michael C. Mm. Hall, whom we know from Dexter, mm-hmm. they both took over the role of Hedvig. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really wish mm. I'd saved my panties and yeah. <laughs> gone to see it on Broadway because yes, yeah. I would have Was been it like sold wonderful. out? Uh, no, I'm just poor and I cheap. Think, <laughs> I think Neil Patrick Harris won a Tony for it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because if you go onto Spotify mm-hmm. to like download the album, you can't get the album from the film. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris's right. like version. Huh. Right. But I listen to it all the time. Yeah. That's good. All right. So we have Jamel's rating. Deanna, do you want to go next? Um, I would say I'd give it a solid four because... If you're a person who just doesn't like musicals, it's not going to be for you. I don't think this is something that's like a, a one-size-fits-all kind of no, thing. But it's, not, yeah. you know, it, it was it was a very cool movie, I thought. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So I'm trying to calculate my other rating into our new ratings. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I would go four, too. It was even... I wouldn't go five because of the, the Itzhak thing. I wish they had just focused more on that. And or just cut it. No, I wish they had, it was an hour and a half. I felt there was enough time to sort of add a little more backstory there okay. and show them maybe getting married or that, something Yeah, no, along that, that. would have been, yeah, that would have been that's the, Yeah, that's the one thing that I kind of felt like, like was hey, it these a people. Vegas quickie, was it? And it yeah, and it also helps when she rips up his passport. Yes. Like, it sort of lends some story to that rather than the head of it just being a dick. Yeah, right. And, like, and the I'm going for rent, why that was such a big deal. Because, yes, he's big part of the band but you don't know that's her I mean, it's it, her yeah yeah her there's the, more well. relationship than he you see so clearly loves her there was like a scene where he's like stroking the, the wigs yeah, yeah. and it just like see, broke you, my so heart. you thought that was him loving her yeah, i thought that was, that was him loving the part yeah i think it's supposed to be what i read online is that hedwig's afraid and won't let him put wigs on because he's supposed to be more feminine looking than her, which is why it's played by a woman. Okay. And he think Hedwig thinks that if Itzhak does that like he does at the end, then it's going to be. Then no one will want to look at Hedwig anymore because, mm-hmm. and that's why once Hedwig, like, I don't know, is like accepts himself, herself yeah, at the he, end he, without the wigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, the very ending when it's walking around naked, I guess it's like an acceptance of, mm-hmm. you know, this is who I am mm-hmm. with the operation botching yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. And then you can go be yourself. I didn't let you go be in rent but I'm going to let you wear this wig and be yourself mm-hmm. in the band, I guess. Right. Mm. All right. That's how I kill that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So all in, all done on that one? I think so. Yeah. Okay, okay. We got our ratings. All right. Now let's move on to Reed. Oh, boy. And Deanna, introduce your choice. Sure. I picked um, A Sport and a Pastime by James Salter. Um, Salter never got the recognition I felt he should have got when he was alive. He died in 2013, 2000, uh, 2015, I think. Um, and he has a cool backstory. He was like a pilot before and very masculine, very macho. And I think that definitely came through in the book. <laughs> um, and the thing that I thought was really cool about the book, like this book is set in a time 40, 50 years ago and very erotic, super erotic. And... 
it's told from a very male perspective, which whenever you read reviews about this book, they're mostly from men and they are mostly praised. But when women read books like this, it's written by a woman, it's like categorized into a whole other thing. It's not the great, you know, new American classic that so many people project this book to be. Um, you project as far in a pastime to be. It's like a Daniel Steele romance novel with Fabio on the cover kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, then that changed with like Fifty Shades of Grade came out. And it was a woman writing a book from a female perspective about female fantasy. And people were scandalized. Like, oh my God, how can this book be, you know, whatever. If everybody remembers when those came out, it was so um salacious and just <laughs> you know people people were up in arms but here we go this book was published in i don't even remember 63 or 63 no i think it was 68 maybe yeah 64. oh right it was late 60s because it was kind of like height of the sexual revolution but it was written by a man from a man's perspective about a young man who like takes this young girl and does whatever the hell he wants to her and then leaves <laughs> and Everybody thought it was fantastic. So the book itself, the actual writing of the book, I thought was fantastic. The subject matter, the way that they, you know, it's so explicit. You can put yourself right into the into the scene. Um, the the narrator, who is every what fifteen pages being like, by the way, this is all my fantasy, and I'm making <laughs> most of this up. I'm pretty sure it didn't happen this way until the end. Um, you know, like that that was all. It was all interesting from a writerly perspective, from a from a, a literature perspective, um, but it just kind of makes me really mad that this book is so great, but here we are in 2018, 10 years ago, a book comes out from a woman's perspective that's basically the same book, and people are so scandalized by it. So I just thought from a contextual standpoint, it was interesting to read that book now. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I picked it up without knowing, like, reading when it was published. Mm -hmm. I almost thought it was, like, written later on about a different time. Mm -hmm. It made me think of a couple of films when I was reading it. Um, Sideways being one where mm -hmm. two guys go on a road trip. I mean, it's a little bit different. But it just reminded me of one has, like, an erotic adventure, and the other one is a little more... Bystander? Yeah. And he's, like, sort of living through the other guy a little bit. But it also sorts of resents him and like kind of imparts his own mm -hmm. stuff onto him. And then Call Me by Your Name, the other, mm, the recent yeah. film, because it's like there was a slightly older guy and a younger guy, and it was just like this European view Acceptance? of sex and life. <laughs> yeah, where it's it was just felt different than like I know it's like an American story set in Europe, sorta, mm -hmm. but. It's just, it gave me that same kind of feeling and just like the, how old was, do we know how old Dean was? Like 24? Yeah. Yeah. Like just roughly out of college. Yeah. So it's like yeah. that, the same thing with Elio and um, yeah. Army Hammer's character. Yeah. Oliver. Like, yeah. And like, I thought that was interesting. I was two guys in that one because the same like Hollywood age difference kind of thing, but told in the European more accepting kind of, mm -hmm. you know, have fun. You're 17, 18. Well, I, I know we're not talking about that film, but 
well, first off, that film, I watched it in February, and I've never weeped so much, like, yes. with longing for sunshine and alfresco <laughs> dining, because it takes place apricots. in the sun. Yeah. yeah. In the, well, oh, well, well yeah, we're yeah, going to yeah, talk yeah. about apricots. <laughs> but, um, but just being, like, having an outdoor, like, mm-hmm. life when you're living in upstate New York yeah. during the winter. Yeah, no. But I felt like it was um, more of an elitist mm-hmm. thing with Call Me By Your Name. That it was like the parents were like, you know, college professionals. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, no problem that our 17, 60 year old boy has like an affair with a grad student. Right. Like I felt like it was this thing that a lot of people in this country are obviously revolted against, which is the liberalism, you know, standards. So I felt like, oh, it's a beautiful film, but I really can't like go along with this like, it's okay if, you know, mm-hmm. if this was happening in a trailer park, right? hell no. You know, <laughs> right. I'd be up in mm-hmm. arms about this. I would be saying, like, this is, you know, statutory rape. This kid doesn't know what's happening. But, oh, well, he plays the piano really well. He's mature enough. He can, you know, handle a relationship with that, that's somebody like that's the... invited into his parents' home mm-hmm. and that they trust. And they seem to be fine with it. That, right. Okay. Like, I don't know. I... I well, Dean's, I mean, it kind of related back to Dean's parents who were elite in their own mm-hmm. way, or he's just allowed to. Dean being the, but the they, main character the main in the book. Yeah, but yeah. they didn't probably know, like, well, this, the age of this girl was 18, so that's, you know, consensual in mm-hmm. pretty much every country. But, um, yeah, so it, sorry. It, it sorry just, for that tangent. <laughs> no, it's fine, because it relates into, like, Dean's, like, I know he's well, American. Well, there is, you know, yeah, like, this is a part of the story is that there is, like, he is, you know, getting daddy's mommy money and she's a shop girl or she's mm-hmm. an office girl. Yeah. Right. Which is also just plays into the whole power dynamic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, like at the end of the story, we find out, yeah, she just goes on to have a normal life and this was. Right. Right. Um, the hot point of But her that's life. also really interesting at the end of the book. But I think what you were just talking about, about, you know, him being wealthy, older, her just being, you know, a townie, essentially, fresh out of school. Um, it pays, plays into that, like, you know, classic white male privilege kind mm-hmm. of take what you want, leave it when you want to with very little consequence. I mean, spoiler alert, he dies. Yes. So she wins in the <laughs> end. Um, yeah, he's like that Yale golden is, boy. This is why yeah. I, I wasn't really into the book is because I didn't really see, like, I felt there was a lot of, like, parts of the book where they didn't know what to talk about mm-hmm. or when mm-hmm. he's, you know. You uh, mean Dean and Emery? Yeah, like, it didn't They had seem, nothing to talk about. Yeah, they had, they had nothing no to talk common. about. Like, I, to be honest, like, I really had high hopes for this book and it just fell flat for me because I felt like, the narrator it was kind of like reading the great gatsby Mm -hmm. but without as much drama because it is a passive narrator Mm -hmm. that's you know embodied you know putting himself into this situation and i didn't think it was that erotic like maybe i'm just watch too much netflix or television yeah or Mm. i I don't know i know i'm not reading anything erotic at this moment but (laughs) i Felt like I, I wanted more, and yeah. I wanted passion, and I just felt this was just like, ooh, yeah, sorry, it just fell short for me. And I know Deanna from the mm-hmm. past, mm-hmm. and she has in the past recommended to me um, a book that was about baseball that is one of her favorite things. Mm-hmm. So 
until like page 50, I realized there was no baseball in this book. Because the name Where's of the, the book sports? is A Sport and sure. a Pastime. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be about a baseball player in France. And I was like, oh, God, I'm <laughs> so not going to like this. I'm not then sure. I was like, okay, there's no sport coming up. I'm not sure what edition you were reading, but um, the edition that I have, it gives you a quote from the Quran. And it mm. says, remember that life of this world is but a sport and a pastime. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> knife right through the heart. But um, something that really resonated, there was a bunch of points in this book where I thought there were things that were really resonant um, with real life. But the very last paragraph of the book is, as for Anne-Marie, she lives in uh, Troy's now, or did, she mar- she is married. I suppose there are children. They walk together on Sundays, the sunlight falling upon them. They visit friends, talk, go home in the evening, deep in the life we all agree is so greatly to be desired. And it's like the most simple, easy life. And all these people who are wealthy, they set the whole book up, these, you know, you know, mm-hmm. grandams of mm-hmm. Parisian culture and money and old men with young wives and young wives in jewels having an affair with other men. And it's like the simplest thing. That's what they all wanted, and they were all striving so hard to get it, and none of them succeeded except for the girl who had the least, which was really interesting, I thought. But don't, don't, if There's you didn't no like sports. this book, <laughs> Louise, don't, don't give up hope for his other books, because okay. other books are okay. very pretty good. Yeah. Okay, I just, yeah, I thought there would be more, I don't know, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I thought there was going to be more sex like how yeah. could there be more there sex? could not be the, any more the sex middle of the whole book, book was they're having day. sex on every page yeah. yeah but i don't know I, maybe i needed more graphic I, yeah. uh, I, I guess think, i need no i think i think this book would never get published if it was more graphic yeah especially I, at the time i think yeah. maybe today yeah. i don't know but yeah. at the time this was a while ago this is probably yeah, like I know, but, the amount of sex okay, that was in. all right i guess i just yeah. needed more like, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but i there there wasn't anything i was like oh yeah. ooh, okay, okay i read like, okay i read a lot of this book on a train and i was praying to jesus that nobody would look over my shoulder while i was reading this <laughs> oh, i'm like yeah. up against the window okay, i need to see like, if i like, sure got, that like nobody was the, looking over my shoulder you know, did you get the kids version? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> did i get like the edited version or something like okay, that but feel like I my cheeks get flushed <laughs> yeah. yeah. to make sure yeah, yeah there was no like you know blushing or anything like this i was just like Oh my gosh, Deanna, why are you doing this? Come on, you have to have a batter book for us. So Okay, she gives it a, a zero, maybe a one. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. But I just, yeah, this, it, I don't know. It was just hard for me to read. Like, I just could not get into it. I was like, ah, oh, shit, I have to read today. Yeah. And, you know, I own a bookstore, so usually <laughs> reading is a pleasure. It was like, oh, damn, I got to read this book mm. today. Mm. All right, Jamel. <laughs> I I had the same experience. Okay. It was it was excruciating for me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, I and there was no like I don't know. There was no personality. There right, was no. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's trying to kibosh my personality right now. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I uh, there was a, a lack of personality in there. I think there was a, a lack of inventiveness with uh, like. The way that they were describing sex sometimes, it just felt so repetitive mm-hmm. uh, for me. Um, you know, a couple times they'd throw in some zingers there, and I know <laughs> there was, like, some type of uh, progression to their, their sexual acts. But um, it was just, like, I, I don't think – I'm my friends make fun of, fun of me for being a little prude sometimes. <laughs> 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 but – and I think it's uh, particularly with my uh, media intake sometimes, but it was just like 
it just felt like I don't know. It, they were just doing it just to do it sometimes, which I guess is is the way it happens in real life. Also, you know, <laughs> yeah, out of boredom, do it, yeah. you know. But um, especially when you're young and have nothing to do. Yeah, like, that's why these people had nothing. They, yeah, yeah, I feel like it, it didn't it evolve was going at all. Out to eat or yeah. having sex. Yeah. that was the relationship. Or yeah. traveling. That's it. Yeah, the yeah. car was like a whole other character in the book too, which was yeah. really yeah. Cool. yeah I, I did like that yeah. part. It was like without heat. It was like the coldness of all the mm-hmm. relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like there was no heat. There was heat in sex, but yeah. I mean, halfway through, Dean was just like doing it because he would even not want to do it, and she would, you yeah, know, go him into it a little. Not that it took much. Yeah. But a lot of times, yeah, it, you could see their relationship sort of. He would talk about Sour how he's rotting. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is all in his head. He's just what he is fantasizing about them doing, I mm-hmm. assume. Yeah. From, I guess, he would see Dean mm-hmm. and then sort of, you know, dis- like discover in his head what he thought had gone on between them in the mm-hmm. last however many mm-hmm. days. Do you think there was any, though, like, um, positive side to him having it narrated that way? Like, couldn't it have just been, like, from Dean's perspective or, like, I felt um, like Marie's? Like, I feel like having that third person element i would you know i'd be interrupted in the chapter and be like oh who's this guy again mm-hmm. oh okay yeah he's just, he oh okay so you like sort yeah, of maybe the break. It's but I'm i was like okay this is the dude that just goes and like hangs out at other people's parties and drinks their wine and booze <laughs> and writes about them but he doesn't actually live yeah. like right. he's just yeah. he's the fly on the wall it yeah. threw me off a couple times yeah yeah because yeah. there were some parts where it was a little and we didn't know anything understand. about him really yeah where it was coming in. Yeah, except that he was like, everybody seemed to like this guy. Yeah. Everyone yeah. seemed like he was just like, oh, that's a good dude, you yeah. know, whatever. And then he's Mr. just nice like guy. a voyeur into everyone else's lives mm-hmm. and he never actually participated in his own life that we can tell. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I'd be really interested to see like who read this book when this book was published because you have like Betty Friedan coming out at this mm-hmm. time and, you know, um, Ms. Magazine is just about to take off during this time and you have this like very overt female driven sexual experience in America in a lot of ways, you know, birth control, everything else. And it's funny cause she doesn't even know. Anne Marie doesn't even know that birth control is like a thing yeah. in this book. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if this was just like a cultural like pushback against that from the male perspective, because it's so overtly male. Like there are a few <laughs> times where you can see like Anne Marie gets a little bit of power and she's like, yeah, that's night, honey. Like yeah. I have a headache. Where's yeah. the Tylenol? But, um, it was just such a male driven book. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know uh, when it took place until they started describing black people. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. I was saying. Oh, the GIs, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that kind of threw me out of it real quick. Yeah. Uh, for a second, I was just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a very white privilege book. It reminded me of, um, that part reminded me of uh, that party they went to, the Rum Diary, a mm-hmm. little bit, where Hunter S. Thompson was writing about what was it, Cuba? Haiti, they were in, or Dominican Republic? They were in, the, they were, they were in PR, weren't they? Were yeah, Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico, right? Puerto Rico, yeah. yeah. I just, that's, I thought about that whole thing. Like, he was thinking that she was, like, taken by them instead of going with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay. It reminded mm-hmm. me of, like, um, that part scene in the Rum Diary where Amber Heard gets, like, kidnapped by mm-hmm. the club people or whoever it is. Like, he was fantasizing something about that instead. Of, he was, like, putting her thoughts in her head. And I guess that started the whole thing with her and Dean. Like, him yeah. going 
going into her mind and projecting stuff started right there. And that kind of. Oh, a man gaslighting a woman. No, I've never heard this. (laughs) Tell me more, please, please. But that's where like that whole middle section just started from. I think that that's where she was introduced. And then the whole thing started. And what we were mentioning beforehand where he's just like, oh, Dean died, by the way. Yeah. In the middle (laughs) of the book. And you're just like, what? Yeah. And then it's like, what, 30, 40 pages later where he actually dies. Yeah. That was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to sort of throw that in there in the middle. I was just thinking, hearing all what you're, everybody is saying about this book, it feels like if a beta uh, guy who was like not alpha was trying to emulate Ernest Hemingway okay. <laughs> and then write a book, mm. and it's like, this is that book. Yeah. <laughs> this is somebody trying to like masquerade as Ernest Hemingway who does not have like the, well, the vigor and the veracity <laughs> of like, then we went to war and it was awful and it was romantic and it was bloody, but it was beautiful. And I feel like, like this whole thing. This is one of those where if you study screenwriting or something, they're like, your character, your main character should be driving the action. Mm-hmm. And this is an instance where he's not really. Yeah. <laughs> Dean is the one driving the no, action. The he, but the yeah. narrator is just kind of like a passive McGuire. narrator. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. So that was interesting. <laughs> Wait, but tell us your real feelings about <laughs> Tommy McGuire. <laughs> Was so he in this book? I where is he? <laughs> <laughs> where is Toby? Cameo? <laughs> I didn't see that. Awesome. So what did everybody think of the book? All right. Should we do ratings? Sure. Uh, One, it was printed on paper. So. Oh, jeez. Oh, Don't want to waste oh, paper. I think it's the wrong thing. <laughs> James I'm Salter's rolling in his grave. I'm going to go three. I, well, as long I as know he's the rolling, it's not the narrator that's rolling. Like, yeah. you know, I see. I, like I don't know. I'm like the same age as the narrator in this, and looking back at like people who are young now and having like not like fantasizing like he does. I was going to say, but was like, that what you're into? Like, <laughs> do you no. like, picture other people's relationships? Get out of my bed. <laughs> 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 don't you start fantasizing what's going on in my head, Louise? No, but just like taking the sex out of it but just like mourning the loss of youth and the vibrancy of mm-hmm. youth and the youth have this much time and this okay. passion and you know all that stuff when you get older like the know, same age it, as like, him, I, I feel like the like, passion was so lackadaisical though like I feel like or it was, was that just him projecting that onto them and hoping for that like, I don't know I, I just don't feel like it was fiery I feel like it was slow and languid well, and like more underwater yeah <laughs> he had nothing yeah, 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 but I, I think know. also too, like if he fantasized this and he had a thing for Amory, he didn't want them to love each other because then that would disclude him from ever having okay, a chance with her. So that would give it, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't get a chance. Yeah. So what, even without sex, just the, like the loss of youth and being in entering middle age, I thought that played a part in the thing that I related to, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're not entering middle age, by the way. Depends. But. You don't know when you're gonna die. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I had a friend who thought he was middle aged at 28, so mm. you just oh. never know. I, guess I was like, dude, no. I'm even 30. Okay, Jamel? This will uh, get a one from me as well. It hurt. I'm sorry. <laughs> it hurt. And not in a good way either. Yeah, yeah no, I didn't, I didn't hate as much as you guys. There, I mean, yeah, it's like in the middle for Are me. Are you going to read another book by him? I would, yeah. I like the, the short sentences. I kind of like felt like it was going by like a film almost. Like I was reading it so quickly mm-hmm. that it just like was like a stream of words. So you didn't get stuck on things. And that's why like certain scenes threw me out like the GIs and um, 
Dean's dead. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, those little things kind of stop you in the middle. But overall, I felt it was, it, you felt like um, you were like traveling with, on this vacation kind of thing through yeah. France. And I, think I enjoyed that part of it. Um, but yeah, I would read something by him. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want to do a word search on how many times they said prick. <laughs> yeah, probably. That was one probably of the words a that took good. Me out of, I was just, I was just like, like, "What? That again?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would use it three times in one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it's "Like, it's too much." <laughs> <laughs> Call it a cucumber or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> eggplant emoji. The pickle. Yeah. <laughs> I put some eggplant hey, emoji. You could totally, you could totally write this book. This is my new project. I'm gonna rewrite, rewrite this emojis. book using emojis. I'm gonna be like the guy that's down at the Albany Institute right now, who's rewriting Ironweed on a typewriter. But I'm gonna do it on my phone. Hilarious. With emojis. With emojis. I like yeah. that. It's my new like gig, water, my new side hustle. Yeah, yeah. Oh car. my god. Just do a car, 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 <laughs> eggplant, water, water car, 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 peach. eggplant, water, peach, oh, some yeah. drinks, <laughs> some dancing, more eggplants, cargo, a snail. Every once oh in a while. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I like it. We need to recreate this. Everyone, watch Fox on Food for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's move on to listen, which was mine. Um, I recommended Agnes O'Bell's Aventine. Uh, it's, I probably should have waited until, like Lou was talking about, February in upstate New York for this. <laughs> Amen. Because yeah. it's, it's definitely like nighttime music. Um, and I like to, uh, well, I did for my kid was asleep next door, upstairs next to my record machine, record player. But I would like to, you know, put a vinyl on after dark and just kind of sit in the dark and listen to it. Because I enjoy a lot of like melancholy nighttime music, mm. um, but I, so I was like, wow! If I had been dark at four, I could have before <laughs> my kid went to bed. I could have listened to it. Um, but yeah, I just like the um, she wrote it, produced it, arranged it, and mixed it all by herself, which That's I fun. enjoy. Um, you know, I like the musicians in there. She's she's Danish, right? Yeah, she lives in Berlin, though. I think. Yeah. Um, a lot of Europe stuff this time. Mm-hmm. We had a German mm. and Hedvig. <laughs> we had the whole uh, France and, mm-hmm. and this now we're German and Danish. Um, yeah, she's doing this whole thing. She's putting it all together. Her views are in there. There's not like someone telling her, oh, you need a backup singer here or you need to change this arrangement so it'll do well on the radio. Um, and I like that it was a commercial success in our world today. Like this stuff I figure mm-hmm. wouldn't be. And I guess commercial success for her is different than for Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it made the top 40 in nine countries. Uh, I thought that was impressive with her instrumentation and singing. A lot of times you have to sing like powerfully to get airplay or on the radio or on the charts. Like people Mm -hmm. like, you know, that pop, 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 pop singing a lot. Whereas she's like not whispering, but she's a lot of singing in a soft voice for a lot of it. And, um, I thought that was nice that that can succeed in today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, she's very well, does very well live, and these songs play really well live, which I think is important. Have you seen her live, or do you no, watch I've her just performances? Watched the videos. Okay. I, I wish I could, like you. Like you <laughs> um, yeah, what did you guys think? I think, yeah. July is probably not the right time to listen to <laughs> yes, this music. Yes. Like, I'll be honest, like, I was wanting something I could, like, dance around to mm-hmm. while I'm watering plants. Like, you know, uh, 
I, I listened to it a lot the other week when we had those big thunderstorms. Like, I listened to it for, like, five hours. So I was like, oh, it's raining, and <laughs> I got to read a book. I'm going to read a book. So this was, like, the perfect, like, music to listen to it. I think, yes, she's incredibly technically um, skilled. Uh, she has a beautiful voice. But I think those two things also can be boring. Like, mm-hmm. just because it's beautiful doesn't, you know, it mm-hmm. still was kind of boring. Um, I can definitely see that it would be, like, an atmospheric, like, thing I would listen to if I was, like, trying to finish a book. Hopefully not one by Deanna, <laughs> but... Um, pick. Recommended not by... <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Thank you. Not, <laughs> but, you know, um, if I did need something that would just sort of be a background music that would keep me in, like, a studious, like, sort of state of mind I would definitely be I'd want to listen to her if she has something more upbeat like you were saying that you like that she didn't have to be aggressive with her singing but I feel like I kind of do need someone to be a bit more dramatic a bit more in my face like a bit more of a punch or like you know if there's going to be a slow build-up I want there to be like an actual like climax I want there to be like some drama so um Probably, if you tell me that she's got new music out, like I know she has music out after this album, and I will listen to it because I think she's talented, and I want to give her a shot. But if I'm wanting to have a good time and just the music I listen to every day, it's not upbeat enough for me. Okay. But still talented. (laughs) Yeah, super talented. Um, I almost wanted to have like some beautiful visuals with it. Um, Swans yeah. in winter. Swans <laughs> <laughs> at oh, night. Like, I even with the moonlight, I know, very <laughs> nutcracker. <laughs> I don't know, I would have went for like some like slow motion like stuff, like with like in Iceland or something, I don't know. Um, I can see that. But yeah, I listened to my music in my car and I was just like, it was, I noticed myself slowing down. <laughs> like, I was going. We're solving the <laughs> crisis of speeding. Everyone, listen to I was Agnes. Going under the speed Slow limit down. when listening to it. Um, yeah, I mean, not necessarily for me, but um, I could see how people would like it. And if I was making a film that required her music, I would definitely put it in there. Yeah, I felt it was very like soundtracky. Like I could see it working a bunch of films. And I already recommended it to people who I know are into that music, that very like ethereal lady, <laughs> European, you know, Scandinavian kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she had an amazing, like her voice is, is beautiful. It's like hauntingly beautiful. And I listened to it a bunch of times and I was like trying to write. It was good like background music when you don't want to be distracted by anything. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't my jam. I was just like, it was it was too slow, too um, instrumental. The tracks where she would sing, um, again, I thought her voice was really beautiful. But it reminded me a lot of uh, like Lorena McKennett, like traditional old school or old old songs, folky kind of music. Um, but then it just didn't have like the like wall of sound at the end, like yeah. that music has. Um, and there weren't any tracks that I thought were really distinctive. Like, they all kind of, like, sounded like the other tracks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just not my cup of tea. Understandable. Yeah. Like, it seems like it would go wonderful if there was, like, 
uh, an exhibit of like beautiful paintings or something sure. like that would be the soundtrack right to go to it or a short film but by itself if you're just trying to do your everyday yeah. living it does it you know unless yeah. you're sitting in your darkened room uh which you know dave apparently does all the time <laughs> <Used to>. <laughs> <laughs> you know before that, children yeah that, you know but it's it's yeah it's but I didn't know that it was so successful. It was top 40 in nine countries, and I didn't realize how involved she was in making it. And that made me, you just saying that now makes me appreciate it more because mm-hmm. of the the talent um, and the very you know, diverse abilities that you have to have to do all those things, to do mixing, to do recording, you know, to engineer it all, to play different instruments, that kind of thing. It was And then to probably have to come up with your own marketing plan to like, how am I going to sell this? Yeah. I can't remember. I, I can't imagine that there were like a lot of people being like, yeah, this is going to be <laughs> top 49 countries, top you know? Pops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that from like an entrepreneurial, the ways that you have to be an entre- entrepreneur while also um, managing the creative aspects of those and then blending those two things together is really admirable. But again, you know, if I'm walking through like a Chagall exhibit, Sure. <laughs> Perfect, but otherwise. I think, like, we were talking about Krongbin last time yeah. and, like, being a musician in today's world. I think, I mean, she can do it, obviously, but I also think it helps her save money and probably helps her label oh, yeah. spend more on marketing because mm-hmm. they don't have to pay for a mixer. They don't have to pay for a producer for her. So, so you like, have to you be go. a jack of all trades if right. you're yeah. going to be a musician like, these days. How can you save money and what can you do yourself? Because you don't have those fat recording contracts that you had in the 80s and 90s where mm-hmm. everything was basically taken care of. You just show up and record and then go on tour. Right. And mm-hmm. you're locked in for, what, three, four albums. Right. And now it's like, you know. Because what every album people like us struggle. listening yeah. to their albums for free. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For 0.01 <laughs> cent, you know, for every listen. Yeah. Yeah. On Spotify. I think so. it's 100 billion streams to go to Platinum make any money on streaming yeah. Whoa. is it oh they came up with some crazy uh, yeah wow because it's all like merchandise that's in the concert tickets right that's where you make all your money right yeah, yeah. and selling merch Non-stop at the touring. concert yeah, yeah. because yeah. i think they get more of a cut at the concert yeah. versus if you buy it on amazon yeah. like yeah. the album or whatever yeah awesome. all right anything else ratings um i'm gonna give this one i would give it i've already recommended it so it's recommendable. So I'm going to give it a three. Just because I didn't love the context of the music doesn't mean that I didn't appreciate the music. So I'll give it a good three. I'm going to give it a two just because I think there's other people that are maybe doing exactly the same, but that I like a little better. Like Ostra, which is a band out of uh, Canada I really like. Yeah, her voice is incredible. Yeah, right? Too. She's incredible. incredible. Wow. Yeah, we're like right on the same page. I'm, I'm definitely going to do a two. I Did you guys like get together and like talk? <laughs> 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 no. I, I think Let's gang up on the other two today. Yeah, who's going to win? Is it Hedvig Scotch Bonnet or is it going to be Hedvig? Who's going to win? Yeah, it's one point five billion to go platinum. Wow! Wow! One point five billion streams. How many users on Spotify? Yeah, I know, right? Like two hundred million. But is that, that, like, a song or an album? That's his album. Okay, so that's if, yeah, so if they're listening to three or four songs. Yeah, Yeah, that all counts. But still. Yeah. That's ridiculous. 
Yeah. Yeah. What's your Instagram, Dave? David Charles. David Charles. Okay. All right. We will pause here and get our food ready, and then we'll be back. Okay, we're going to move on to our feed portion. Jamel, you picked the ingredient or, yeah, ingredient. Yeah, ingredient. Tell us why you picked the scotch bonnet pepper when you're done chewing. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> he's a sadist and he wants us all to hurt. That's right. <clears throat> so, so my family is from Jamaica, Queens, New York, and it has a, a large population of Caribbean people. And so I always grew up around Jamaican food and all types of West Indian food. And I didn't know until I kind of grew up that a lot of that flavor is attributed to Scotch bonnet peppers. And, you know, tra- being able to travel around the Caribbean, um, I just grew, I, I just like kind of grew in love, fell in love with uh, the pepper and, you know, liking it more than the habanero and uh, trying to figure out the differences. I think it's a tiny bit sweeter, has a little bit more acidity to it, and um, I just love it. And once I tried a, uh, one of the best gelatos I've ever had was a, it was, um, it had scotch bonnet in it, and I got it down in Houston, and I was just like, I was hoping, Louise, that you made one. (laughs) Uh, I was gonna stick with my popsicle. (laughs) I was hoping you made the popsicles, but yeah, I just love it and wanted to see what you guys could do with it. So, Jamal, since uh, your background is Caribbean, do you, are all the dishes you make usually have, like, some sense of heat in them? Like, are there any mild dishes in, like, Caribbean culture? Mm-hmm. Or does everything have some sort of pepper? So I'm not Caribbean, um, but my mother's stepfather is a Jamaican. And and there there's just always a lot of, um, what is it called, influence, you know, that, that kind of just, you know, goes through by osmosis, I guess. But, like, Caribbean, <laughs> like Caribbean um, food is defined Caribbean, by the Scotch bonnet. A lot of Jamaican food, you know, so um, jerk sauces, you know, and um, curries, they always have a little bit of heat. And what it attributed to is the scotch bonnet. Um, When you go into the market, um, a Jamaican market or West Indian market, you know, it it might not even be called scotch bonnet. It's just a hot pepper. Yeah, that's exactly what I saw at the um, grocery store. You recommended Mm -hmm. that I go and get these. And I was like, are these scotch bonnets? And she like (laughs) nodded her head. And they're they're cool looking (laughs) little peppers. They're like all nubby on top and they're like a little crown. Mm-hmm. There, well, it's, you know, um, I was reading about that they are known as like the Tam O'Shanter <coughs> hat, which mm-hmm. is a Scottish hat. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's where it mm-hmm. comes from in the Scotch bonnets and all mm-hmm. that. But um, I was kind of surprised because I feel like I've heard or seen Scotch bonnets everywhere. So when I tried shopping for them, I was shocked that they weren't like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like there are like specific places, and luckily in Albany there is like a huge like West Indian like population, and that there are like enough like stores to go and like shop at them. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm still a little numb right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, can you tell us about this cabbage salad that you made? Yeah. So the cabbage dish is. It's a very popular side dish for um, 
specifically Jamaican food. Um, all I did was uh, heat up a little bit of oil and uh, I got garlic scapes from my uh, my Soul Fire Farm CSA. So I used <laughs> garlic scapes instead of uh, <laughs> garlic. And um, I kind of put those in there first with uh, oil and then what else did I have in there? Onions. Okay, bell pepper. And bell pepper. Um, and I did that all like after just um, heating up the onions and garlic scapes for a while. And then, you know, you, it's really simple. Then you just put in all of the cabbage, you put in bell pepper, um, you put in the scotch bonnet at that time. Uh, you, th- you slice it up really thin, make sure you don't uh, mm-hmm. you know, touch your, your face. After. <laughs> <laughs> don't use the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Very important. Yeah, I've, I've done that after just doing a jalapeno, and I was like, and these are yep. like 150 times hotter than a jalapeno. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, so is this hotter than the ghost pepper? No, no. it's not hotter than ghost pepper. But this pepper. is like the second hottest, pretty much. It's up there. I don't, uh, it's up there. there. No. There's a lot. Like Cali- Carolina Reaper Carolina and Reaper, ghost pepper, uh, they're all way up there. Scorpion. Yeah. 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 Anything that has a scary name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where you might the Freddy Krueger yeah. pepper, <laughs> the Mike Myers pepper. Yeah. A lot Donald of those Trump are like pepper. people just like. <laughs> it's orange. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of those people are just experimenting, trying to find Going out how we can make a super <laughs> hot pepper. You know? Under a golden shower. <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they say it's, it's very comparable to um, just what the habanero is by heat. Yeah, yeah. So but it's like way. I always thought the scotch bonnet was a habanero was great, and they're pretty ubiquitous. Like you can find yeah. those. Yeah. Um, but they are fruitier. I always thought yeah. you said like you know sweeter, less acidity. But I always like attribute that to like a fruitier quality. It's more of a rounded out flavor yeah. than just heat, like a habanero would give you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, are there any like health benefits or anything? Like is uh, it? Oh yeah, capsaicin. <laughs> yeah, capsaicin is great for you. It's great for inflammation. Okay. Um. It's, it's, uh, yeah, that's primarily, I think it's good for your heart. I think capsaicin is good. Capsaicin is a thing that's in, um, the ribs and the seeds mostly. So okay. if these are like too hot, you can still get a lot of the flavor if you take the yeah. seeds and the ribs out. But I mean, there's a lot of heat in the skin too. The also, there's, there's something about, um, digestion too, right? Oh yeah. AIDS yeah. digestion. Yeah. yeah. Helps you digest Well, yeah, that's better. what they say. Like in India, it's like, why mm-hmm. do they curry so much? It's because like all those right. peppers and spices help with the heat in the digestion, right? Like, right. And also like they make you sweat. It helps. To, it's hot, but it actually cools your body. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, which, you know, I'm still trying to figure out if eating ice cream in cold places makes you, you know, <laughs> like heat up somehow internally or if it brings like your body temperature closer to like well, air temperature. Well, luckily we'll have so like that. six months of that in a few yeah. months. So we can like... I keep yeah, trying. very big experiment. Then trying. we can try the scotch bonnet ice yeah. cream. Jeez. Yeah. But I love, I, I love scotch bonnets. I get them pretty much next door at the Breakthrough African Market. Um, That's where I got mine. Yeah, and they're they're tasty little morsels, and they're so pretty. Like they come in, mm. they're so variegated in their colors, and they're just beautiful to look at. I've never grown them. Um, I'd like to grow them, but um, I made a a jam. So I love. I make a ton of strawberry jam every year. I make I don't know, maybe fifty pints of strawberry jam. Um, and I always make a couple. I'll do some that have just black pepper in them and then some that have scotch bonnet or habanero. And this one has um, the scotch bonnet in it. And I like it because 
um, it makes it, it gives it more utility. Like you could put it on a cheese plate. It's not just strawberry jam that you put on a PBJ. Yeah. Um, you and can watch put it, people. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, it's just strawberry, you guys. It's totally fine. What are you talking about? Um, but it just gives it a little bit of heat. And then you can use it for like, you can add it to a barbecue sauce if you wanted to, or you can glaze a, a piece idea. of meat mm-hmm. with it. Um, and it kind of gives you your sweet and your acid heat all at once. Um, and then I just paired it with a little goat cheese too to help cool it down. So you can just slice it up, put it in with the yeah. I just uh, take just take a strawberry water. yeah a strawberry jam recipe. So this is just the the um, we can put the the recipe up mm-hmm. if you want, but yep. um, it's just strawberries, sugar, um, a little bit of lemon juice, um, a pinch of kosher salt, a couple of pinches of kosher salt. Uh, habanero that I chopped like I minced it I really got in there and then you want to make sure that you really clean your cutting board well because that or not the habanero the scotch bonnet um, you want to make sure that you really clean your cutting board because that oil just like lingers you got to scrub everything yeah. really well um, and a grated up green apple which gives a lot of pectin mm. so it helps hmm. to help it wait that was set. in the jam yeah Huh, okay. Wow, I love All in this. there. Oh, so good. Wait, so wait, the apple cooked down or? Yeah, I grate okay. it on a on the fine side of a box grater. Yeah. Um, with the skin off. And there's so much pectin in there that it helps to help it set up, get kind of thick and, and jammy and delicious. So that's the trick. Now you know. <laughs> no commercial pectin used. If you, I have a question. If you grill, like if you put a sauce, does grilling keep the heat or does it? affected at all like if you use it like you said with the barbecue sauce or a marinade or something i don't think you lose any heat Mm. i I think that the heat i think the heat stays um usually though when things are warmer the flavors become more pronounced so it's probably actually tastes hotter than if it was cool so uh, what i was saying is i did something very similar and i did uh beef smoked ribs smoked Mm -hmm. beef ribs with uh it was a raspberry chipotle Mm -hmm. kind of glaze yeah, that sounds really good. <laughs> okay, so, so I'll do popsicles if you do ribs. Louise, what'd you make? Okay, so I decided to go with uh, Bloody Mary. I used actually you Scotsman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what I did was um, I actually I was looking for a recipe and I found a Martha Stewart recipe, mm-hmm. but right I. Pardon? Right up your alley. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But what I did is um, I substituted um, horseradish for ginger. Oh. And I substituted the um, hot sauce that the recipe called for for the scotch bonnet instead. So there's ginger in this. Yeah. So it's awesome. ginger. It's um, So it's tomato juice. It's um, salt and pepper. Worcestershire sauce. Um lemon juice, ginger, and um, scotch bonnet. Mm-hmm. Probably maybe like a third of a scotch bonnet. And then like I just like grilled, quickly grilled a shrimp with salt and pepper. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, your brunch right. over the top right. garnish right. with a little bit of salad. Right. And yeah, lemon wedge on the side. I love it. It was and good. And a little bit of vodka. Yeah, I mean, Bloody Marys are something I've had to grow to love. Like I remember, you know, when I when I first became a drinker, when I first went to college and was able to drink, I just drank Manhattan's because I didn't know what else marks. to drink. Everybody I knew that was like sophisticated and cool drank craft beer in Manhattan. So I thought I was better than everybody else with my drinking choices. But I could never get into Bloody Marys until recently. And I feel like the thing with Bloody Marys is that people go for the garnish. It's not the tomato juice and the vodka. Well, mm. you know, these days it's like you watch 
well, yeah. you don't you don't have a TV. So <laughs> I have a television. <laughs> but you know, everything is about like going over the top with your garnishes. Mm-hmm. Like you'll yeah. see that it's the garnish is a slider. Like the garnish, <laughs> you know, it's a twenty dollar drink. But originally Where's my plan sliders? my plan yeah. had been to do a gazpacho, but I personally don't like gazpachos. Yeah. Because I'm like it's tomato Holds soup. Why is tomatoes. it not warm? Yeah, yeah. Why is it not warm? Put it in the microwave. I'm Scottish. <laughs> like, soup's supposed to be warm. But then I thought, okay, what would be fun to do? And although I am usually, like, a mimosa type of girl, mm-hmm. I thought, okay, what if I tried doing, like, a Bloody Mary that I enjoy and that's, like, is satisfying? And originally the plan was, oh, well, my tomatoes will be ripe, so I'll yep. make my own tomato juice. Mm-hmm. And it's the end of July, and my tomatoes still aren't ripe yet. They just have little buds. Yeah, yeah. They are beautiful. Those yeah. tomatoes are gorgeous. I have seven types of tomatoes growing yeah. right now, but none of them have turned color yet. Yeah. So uh, thank you, V8, for yeah. providing <laughs> the tomato <laughs> juice for right now. But I just thought this would be, like, a fun, you know, it's, it's Friday here. It yeah. might yes. not be Friday in... Uh, was it podcast world? Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I thought yeah. this would be a it nice It can always be Friday. If you put on watch, read, listen, <laughs> feed, it's yeah, always, it's always Friday. Friday. That's on your calendar. <laughs> so you said you grew up in in Florida, but uh-huh. it doesn't sound like you grew up in Florida. Okay. Um, I was 12 <laughs> years old when I was, I grew up in Scot. I was born in Scotland mm-hmm. in Aberdeen. It's the northeast coast. Uh, my family is all still there, except for my father and my sister. Mm. And we moved to America in 1995. My dad was opening up a Latin American office, so it made sense to live in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And we thought we were just going to be there for like one year. And then my sister and I discovered the uh, documents on my dad's computer that said the house in Scotland was being sold. Oh. And it was oh, devastating. It was devastating because we wanted to go home so much. But my parents said if we stayed in America, we could get a dog. <laughs> to, it, it had to be a Scottish breed, and it had to have a Scottish <laughs> name. So we got Bonnie Be Delight. She was a West Highland Terrier. Mm-hmm. And I spent you know, my teen years in my early adulthood in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and mm-hmm. in Miami. I went to college in New York City, and but then returned to Fort Lauderdale to look after my mom when she was ill. And then a few years ago, a friend of mine knew that my dream had always been to have a bookstore in the middle of nowhere. Like, that was like, you know, what do you want to do? Like, if you look up my yearbook photo, it says, you know, goals, bookstore in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and Steventown, New York is the middle of nowhere. Mm. And there's a bookstore there. And it was for sale. And I flew up. I fell in love. This was July 2015. Ten weeks later, me and Orson, the bookstore cat, drove up <laughs> in my Fiat. Didn't know anybody. And we just bought it and have lived there ever since. Wow. Mm-hmm. And your accent is still that strong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, my grandparents, my grandparents, my grandparents don't think so. I keep waiting for my aunts and uncles to post on the Facebook post that that doesn't sound like you. But I have, but I have. You've lived been Americanized. In, uh, exactly, exactly. But I have lived in America for the majority of my life now, and you know I am applying for my citizenship right now. And hopefully, you know, unless something goes on with this podcast and. You know. <laughs> if you don't hear I, Louise <laughs> next month, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and then, you know, or 
she's on the phone yeah, from Scotland. I, I, yeah, exactly. I'm going to be on the run with all my books. <laughs> We're going to have a cardboard cut out of you. Yeah. You can go to France and write a book for us. But I don't know if you <laughs> would Stop take it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, right, how salacious. Right. Don't let me, don't let me pick. <laughs> I think, From I the think female the bloody point of view, Mar- though. I think the Bloody Marys are going to our heads. <laughs> yeah, I can already feel it. Uh, you say you keep saying a little bit of vodka. She's Scottish a little bit is half the glass. <laughs> <laughs> I was bathed you in wussies. it. You wussies. <laughs> All right, Mr. Uh, Hopper, what did you I make? I made a salsa because mm-hmm. I love chips and salsa. So it was another excuse to eat that. Um, I used a half of a scotch bonnet pepper with the seeds removed. And what else is in there? Lime juice, coriander, a bunch of tomatoes. I forget what else. Vegetable oil mm-hmm. and a lime. Mm-hmm. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. I yeah. love yeah. fresh really salsa. Yeah. Yep. But, and with the cis by Tostitos. <laughs> <laughs> I love salsas because, like, you can eat them just with chips or you can put them on something. Or you can mm. just, like, like so often. We make, we, Taco Tuesday is religion in my house. Yes. No, it's too. a main, like, you should always have, like, some sort of salsa right. in your house. Like, I always have some sort of bean, avocado, mm-hmm. sweet corn, mm-hmm. right. a tomato, like, salad right. in my fridge. Because it's, like, it can go with everything. It, it can does. be a side dish. It can be a garnish. So it can any be a topping. college mm-hmm. graduates, just always have a salsa in your house, just so you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> when right. When you're starting out on your own. Just have no, salsa. Well, yeah. But I well, add it to it's, everything. It's for, and also, it's like, it's breakfast, it's lunch, it's yeah. dinner. Maybe not dessert, but... <laughs> yeah, I, absolutely. I put it on a Friday in the morning, or I'll just put it on, like, a bit of cabbage and lettuce. And mm. it's like, everything is all your vegetables and your dressing. Mm. Well, so isn't good. it that, like, hot sauce is now, like, the number one, like, condiment in the I U.S.? So. Like, yeah. it's no longer, like... Ketchup. Ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Like, yeah, for us, like, I know in my household, we always have to have some sort of... Salsa or hot sauce, like mm-hmm. ketchup, mustard. Yeah, it doesn't matter so much. It's because these things they have so many different. Are you textures. sure you want? Are you a citizen yet? Remember, ketchup and mustard. No, <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I know. That's why we're gonna edit out the uh, Donald Trump yeah. comment. <laughs> it is America's favorite pastime. <laughs> Talking shit about people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, it's not baseball anymore. It used to be. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not baseball anymore. What is now it now with the advent of the internet, it's uh, bashing people on Twitter. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, probably trolling yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, we have to lead the world to something. Uh, <laughs> so at least, unlike my music choice, I went with uh, something that represents summer here. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It was really everything. Everything. I mean, last time everything was great too. But yeah. this episode. I think this is. Uh, and we need to take more pictures of shit because yeah. this like stuff is awesome. All right, so who's rating first? Who's ready to go? I will. Oh, my God. If you like heat, I'm not even going to condition this one. <laughs> Scotch bonnet is definitely a five in my book. I feel like it's Whoa. so, you can put it, I mean, look at this. <laughs> put it in so many different things. You can put it in yeah. a drink. You can put it in a salsa. You it is versatile. Sweet. Yeah, you can put it in something savory. It, it works across the board. Five, five. Um, Dave. I'm going to have to go with two just because I'm not like, I can't like just eat it. <laughs> I know it's versatile and like you can sort of like hide it a little bit and it has mm-hmm. more flavor than just burning your taste buds off. But yeah, for me, it's just like I can't just go eat it and it's not just like easily at Hannaford or anything. So that's that was the tough for me. It's just like Yeah, I'm going to go with a three because I do enjoy it, but it's just that I will have to make like a special trip or something to find it. Like when it is added to 
an ingredient, it definitely ups the level and makes the party more festive. <laughs> but um, the party but but that you have to make put in the extra effort just to find it. Sweet. I think um, there have been times where I have seen them in regular supermarkets, but mm -hmm. well, that's what maybe I thought. But maybe like I, I figured it would be too. I'm thinking it I've was seen them. That I saw. I Actually, I the... see them um, in the Hannaford and Albany. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wait, which? Where's the Hannaford? Oh, the Hannaford. I guess it's it's on Wolf Road. Yeah. The, oh. the oh, the Wolf big road. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't think the the one I went to had them. I guess I mean it's different store managers probably. Decide to stock different things or whatever. I think the Central Ave um, price shopper has been pretty good about yeah. um, having good international. Yeah, but it's also like based on the so community. Like if you have a yeah. community like Central Ave does, where you have a lot of international. Yeah, and Pittsfield, mm -hmm. they, they don't have anything. Right. <laughs> right. Is that the closest one for you? Um, I'm like, there, there. It's fantastic. The Market Thirty Two in Pittsfield is mm -hmm. incredible. That's maybe like thirty-five minutes, and there's a Hannaford like twenty-five minutes away, mm -hmm. which is in uh, West Ham Lake. Yeah. So those are like, the, but Steventown is getting our first grocery store. Oh we're boy. Getting, we're getting well. It's Dave's. It used to be a grocery store in the eighties and seventies, mm -hmm. like in Steventown, and they're reopening mm -hmm. in this August. That's awesome. And Four Fat Fowl is opening up their creamery this August as well. Mm. As well. Wow! So, Look at you, you're bringing all the businesses. I, I know, I know. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Gentrification, <laughs> Steventown. <laughs> <laughs> the grocery store. Everybody move in now it's before be property Dave's. volumes okay. go up. It's, it's Dave's, and it was cool because I like filled out like you know their newsletter thing. Yeah. And then they came in like the next day, and they were like, "We wanted, we've always wanted to come in here." Mm. He, the guy, used to run like uh, a grocery store in Chatham, okay. and has bought over the place now. But they're gonna have prepared foods. They're gonna have a deli. They're gonna have Good. a liquor store. Where That's we nice. live, there's absolutely nothing. Like, like <laughs> this is, you know. Yeah, Stephen Town's cute, but it's very. There's nothing hot. Wait, yeah. yeah. There's farm stands, but you can't, you know, just yeah. go and pick up some chicken pies or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. yeah. All right, so. Louise is the winner. She got 11 points. Scotch Bonnet got 10. Mine got 7. Deanna's got 5. Yeah, yeah. So All right. Which one do you want? All right. I have decided to leave us. I am going to go with the ingredient or okay. the thing. And can I and announce it? Yeah. Because I've been so excited. Guys, we're going to do pie. Oh, oh girl. <laughs> You all. Okay, yeah. You I, was just, I, I was watching the Great British Bacon show the other day, and I was like, ah, oh, a good pie. Like, it could be savory, it can be sweet, it can have a topping, it can not It can be a pastry, it can be, sorry, a quiche, it can be a tart, mm -hmm. it can be a pie. Uh, yeah, but and it also can be served at room temperature. If only we gonna... had somebody on this panel who does two yearly Food Friday programs on pie. <laughs> We've done a podcast about them together. We have at least at least, at least one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys! Probably Hi. Two. All right, who's picking next? I gotta pick next, right? right. We gotta, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you we get gotta, if you get feed, then right just away. pick yet. Oh, you don't get to choose. We, we we are the losers. We have to. Oh, uh, I get I get what you're saying. Help. Right. <laughs> <laughs> get me out of here. Watch. Hmm. Oh. You want to just like what throw are we it over see? here? And then... Do you know what you're going to recommend? I think. Has anyone seen Crooklyn? 
No. 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 Ooh, a Spike Lee joint. Let's I watch Brooklyn. All right. I'm down. So when wait, when did that come out? Nineties? Uh, I think mid nineties maybe. Here, let me see. Cool. I've never seen it. I'm excited about it. Crooklyn. I actually want to see Black Klansman too. I can't wait to sit in the theater. Spike <laughs> Lee. <laughs> That'll be interesting. 94, interesting Brooklyn. Theater, I saw it uh, in the theaters. Oh, really? I was nine years old. Oh, please don't. Tiana, please read. don't say you have. Oh. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, what are you going with the book? Uh, I'm going to go with Slightly Out of Focus by Robert Kappa. It's not fiction. It's nonfiction. Oh, nice. So that's a little change. Yeah. Huh. He's a Hungarian photographer, war photographer. And uh, it's basically like an account of war his War photographer, adventures. okay. So, yeah. And I saw things of, were uh, like getting lighthearted yeah here for no this is he's like the photo james bond his life was just incredible and there's actually an appearance by old ernest hemingway from the callback to our earlier discussion so i think it fits in well with our last book but he's not a uh shall we say passive narrator <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think it's, like it. can you repeat that please slightly out of focus by robert robert kappa c-a-p-a yeah. i believe all right, I have Listen. Um, so I'm going to change it up a little bit. Here we go. And I'm going to go with the album Impossible Dream from 2017 by a band called The Rubs. Um, the Rubs. The Rubs. And they are a... Impossible Dream. Impossible Dream, yeah. Um, they are a Chicago-based band that is so pastiche, <laughs> so derivative of, like early 60s not even early 60s like mid 60s like kinks classic like two guitars bass drums lo-fi rock and roll about a girl breaking your heart so good so how did you find out about them uh my friend phil has an awesome show on um skidmore's radio station wednesday nights it's called the um king losers cutout bin so it's like where they used to take albums and cut the the corner off when they were like you know, return from the record store okay. or whatever. Um, all the stuff that people didn't listen to. And um, it's Sunday nights at 10 o'clock, I think. And he for he's like my musical guru. And he's like, listen to the rubs. I think you might <laughs> like it. So I did. And it's just like so like if you're into like the Kings, if you're into like. Oh, so is there a specific album? Yeah. Uh, Impossible Dream. Oh, sorry. The name okay. of the, yeah, the okay. album. Um, and it's just like good. It's just like it's not. It's very straightforward, rock and roll, no frills, about girls breaking your heart. <laughs> That's what it's awesome. about. Yeah. Good for this summertime. It's going be fun. Yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. I've been listening to like a lot of not that kind of music. I've been listening to a lot of like um, Sister Nancy, old school reggae, mm. that kind of thing. Listening to like the new Drake album, that kind of stuff. Stuff that you can <laughs> like drive with the windows down and just like bass pumping kind of stuff and this is also good i feel like summertime is like the time of year when you listen to playlists like you're going on a road trip or you're going here you're going there your friends are coming over and you put all this music together and music album sequencing has nothing to do with anything um but this is a good album that's just like short it's a short album it's like okay. 30 minutes start finish three minute three chord kind of songs it's good stuff yeah all right well thank you everyone for listening this far i hope you made it this far um and i hope you yes please email us at wrlf at wamc.org you have a month <laughs> to watch read listen feed with us and then we'll be back and you can bring your opinions to the table next time which will add an extra flavor to our show so to speak 
So then we look forward to seeing you then. Watch, Read, Listen, Feed is a production of WAMC Northeast Public Radio and is recorded at the Linda, WAMC's performing arts studio here in Albany, New York. This podcast is hosted by myself, Dave Hopper, Louise Hendry, Jamel Mosley, and Deanna Fox. Opening song this month was Fuel to Fire by Agnes O'Bell, and our closing theme is Origin of Love from the Hedwig and the Angry Inch soundtrack. To write in with your opinions on what we're watching, reading, listening, and feeding on, please send your email to wrlf at wamc.org. You can also find us on wamcpodcast.org, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening, and let's do it again next month. Folks roam the earth like big rolling kegs. They had two sets of arms. They had two sets of legs. They had two faces peering out of one giant head so they could watch all around them as they talked while they
Last time I saw you, we just split in two. You was looking at me, I was looking at you. You had a way so familiar, I could not recognize, cause you had blood on your face. I had blood in my eyes, but I could swear by your expression that the pain down in your soul. 